This is a Federal News Network podcast. Video games were helping the military bring in recruits, but once the commenters started asking questions, things got controversial. Now Congress might withhold funding for military video game teams. Congress is also hell-bent on raising cybersecurity to the highest levels of government. Federal News Network Scott Mossioni joins me with the latest in the DOD Reporter's Notebook. And what is going on with video games? I thought everyone loved those for training purposes, Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, they're using these outside of training purposes now. They're using them to actually recruit people. And the way they're doing that is they're creating these esports teams. And if you're not familiar with that, esports teams are basically like regular sports, but they're video games. So people pay to watch people play video games. And now there's teams together. They, they score points, all that kind of stuff. So each of the military services had these uh, recruiting teams and pe- they would go out and work in these competitions, these tournaments. And what happened was uh, they would also live stream on things like Twitch, which is sort of like YouTube. It's a live uh, platform to watch these video games. But what happened is that there's been a, a lot of commenters talking about you know, some uncomfortable subjects for the military. Part of those are about war crimes and things like that. And while some of it may be trolling and may be kind of trying to get at the military, they were blocking people. And, uh, you know, the, what the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University says is that's a violation of the First Amendment, that uh, the government can't just block people on social media and things like that. And this has precedent with President Trump, who tried to block some people, and, and the courts said that he couldn't do that because government business happens on that Twitter account. Right now, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has put in an amendment to the defense appropriations bill that would ban the use of funds for the armed forces to maintain a presence on Twitch or any other video game or esports live streaming platform. Uh, so it's something interesting that, that the military really would miss if they lose. What does the military think about this? Do they want to continue with it, or is this something Congress is dreaming up because of a few crazies that comment? I mean, if- Well, I mean, the military loves the, the recruiting aspect of it. It's a way that they've really reached a lot more people than they could have. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think AOC has a point, you know, that, that uh, the military needs, you know, she's using this as a punishment, really, for the military not following, you know, constitutional guidelines. And not only that, but, you know, she said that, that we don't know who are on these um, these video game sites? You know, it could be children that are much younger than uh, what maybe parents feel that that uh, recruiters would would be able to talk to them. You know, elementary school age children, and uh, you know, there are just some some concerns that maybe have not been fleshed out within these um, you know within these these new technologies that uh, need to be thought about a little more. So if not, you know, to actually... Well, does this have any backers besides Cortez? Right now, I don't believe there's any co-sponsors at this point, but, you know, it's something that will at least be debated debated for the appropriations bill, or it will go into, you know, an en blanc package if she can get the unanimous consent of the whole House. Yeah, well, we'll see about that happening. (laughs) I think that's a long shot also. But on to bigger matters, the cybersecurity position in the White House that you had an interview last week with Representative Jim Langevin of Rhode Island, who is a big cybersecurity proponent. And this is in the NDAA that is being negotiated between the House and Senate. Is it part of both chambers' NDAAs, and what does it say? Right. So right now, this is only on the the House side of things, but I I think that it will probably get some pretty good traction within the Senate. Uh, There's some big uh, cyber advocates within the Senate, including, you know, Tim Kaine, Angus King. And what this does is it creates a national cyber director within the executive office of the president. And that person would serve as a principal advisor to the president on cybersecurity, on strategy, policy, 
And it would also consult with the federal departments to develop a U.S. national cybersecurity strategy and then supervise, supervise that implementation. Um, the, another thing that it would have is two deputy uh, directors, and those would be in charge of budget and plans and, and strategy, things like that. So it's uh, not by any means a small piece of, of the uh, executive office of the president if it were to be created. Uh, another thing to mention is that the National Security Council used to have a cyber coordinator, which uh, John Bolton got rid of. Uh, who's the former National Security Council head of the Trump administration. So, uh, you know, Langevin really saw a, an opportunity and, and really a need probably for these bigger cybersecurity issues to be at a larger scale in the EOB. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. So in some ways, this would codify what in fact was a position that existed during the Obama administration, a White House cyber coordinator, advisor, I forget what they called it, but there was a series of them that were right. pretty well, high level and had the ear of the White House. Yeah, and I mean, this would be something even higher than that. You know, there's these these directors of, of trade, and this would be a Senate-confirmed position. So it's something more than just someone that serves at the, the pleasure of the president, but someone who really is confirmed and would be an honorable member, you know, of, of uh, once they uh, get out of, um, of government. Okay. And Pentagon trying to improve joint operations. You're writing about that, too. And I guess they're always trying to improve that ever since there was jointness. What's the latest? Right. Well, they're sort of getting into this next generation of things. And I'm sure you've heard of JADC2, which is the uh, Joint All-Domain Command and Control. And that's sort of this thing that brings together space, cyber, land, air, sea all together and gives a, a full picture so that they can attack and use AI and all that kind of stuff within seconds of receiving some sort of input to a sensor. So, uh, you know, the, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, who's the chairman, sort of meted out some responsibilities to each of their services to give them an idea on what they need to be working on. So JADC2 is going to be the Air Force's, um, you know, responsibility at this point. The Navy's looking at global and joint fires and how they can bring all of that together to attack in, in one uh, unit. And then the Army is looking at logistics and how to deal with that under attack. So uh, these are going to be something that, that they're going to be working on for a long time. And what they're doing to really kind of increase this jointness is what they're calling a prisoner exchange program. And that's where the uh, Army, Navy, and Air Force exchange some of their best colonels in these areas to try and, you know, you know just kind of bring together and mesh a little bit more uh, on, on these different uh, uh, issues. Yeah, so there's a, a digital element to all of that then in the joint operations, not just sailing together and flying together and marching together, but there's a cyber digital piece that seems to right. tie it all together. I mean, in the future, you know, they kind of think of it like Uber, right? So, um, you know, you call Uber and Uber figures out this logarithm to bring the best car to you that's closest and can get you there in the fastest route and all that kind of stuff. That's exactly what this, you know, this joint all domain uh, command and control would do is find the best way once they have even an input from a sensor that an enemy is there. Maybe you don't even need a human in the loop until they say, you know, to pull the trigger. So something that uh, really the robots would control until a human needs to get there. Federal News Network, Scott Mossioni. Thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his DOD reporter's notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. 
Try the new Ricola Max now. Available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.